appreciate the choir so much and the praise team, and uh, it's easy to preach when uh, they've already prepared your hearts and uh, the stage has already been set and um, Christ has already been risen. I just want to reinforce that again and through this message, um, but thank you for all the wonderful music. I do confess I was wondering how I was going to preach uh, over there, but that's fine. Uh, we used to do that uh, at my previous church, and that would have been just fine with me. So, But thank you guys for, for moving that uh, for me. I appreciate that. Greetings from First Presbyterian Church in Rome, Georgia, where uh, I have been only uh, just a few months now. We, My family and I, my wife and my three kids, we moved from Chattanooga uh, at a church there called Brainerd Presbyterian, where I was a uh, pastor for about 12 years. And I'm now at First Presbyterian Church and one of three pastors uh, there on staff. And it's a delight for us to, to be there uh, as a family and, and for me as a pastor. But I send you greetings from uh, our brothers and sisters there at First Pres in Rome, uh, one of whom, Bill Pardue, my fellow uh, associate pastor there, has been here to preach uh, just a few weeks back. So I bring you greetings uh, from them. And I'm so glad to be uh, part of the EPC with you and part of this uh, Presbyterian co- connectional body that we call the EPC. And you know, some of you are EPC members uh, and regulars at this church. Others of you may be visiting today or from some other body. And the good news is you don't have to be a Presbyterian in order to be saved. Uh, but I wouldn't take my chances. And so um, just, just saying. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's actually the farthest thing from my mind. Uh, if you have confessed uh, the Apostles' Creed today and Christ, and you've confessed with your lips and you've bowed the knee uh, to the Lord, you are a believer uh, in Jesus Christ. But uh, we're also glad to be a part of the EPC. Uh, I know you are, and I am as well. Well, most of us this morning are, uh, are probably not in need, uh, I don't think, or my assumption is going to be this morning, that we don't need uh, any proofs for the resurrection. There have been other times and places and other sermons and classes where I've tried to go through uh, those things and some of those proofs and, and, and unpack, you know, how do we know that the resurrection is even credible? But that's not the question I want to entertain with you this morning. For us today and for our purposes, I want to ask us to consider not whether the resurrection happened, I'm going to assume that you believe that it did, but rather, so what? To answer that question of so what? So, so why does that matter and what is the significance of the resurrection? Well, I'm going to do nothing more uh, today than simply uh, look with you at God's word and, and look at what Paul says to us here in 1 Corinthians 15 about the significance of the resurrection. So if you'll turn there with me or if you'd like to, uh, you can turn there with me. It is a lengthy chapter and don't worry, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. Uh, We will just be looking at verses 1 through 11, but we will reference other verses throughout the chapter, and I'll try to alert you uh, as to where I am so that everybody can follow along. Uh, But let us uh, read God's Word. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. And then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and then last of all, As to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. 
For I and the least of the apostles unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believe. Let's pray together. Our Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, for the honor and the privilege that you uh, have given me and the privilege that has been extended by this church to preach Christ this morning, to preach you, to draw everyone's attention to you and to your glory and to your resurrection. And I preach knowing that it is not me preaching, but you preaching through your word, through this clay vessel. And I pray, Lord, that I would faithfully give to your people an encouraging word about the resurrection, its power, and significance for us. We pray in the resurrected, in the name of the one who is himself risen and resurrected, Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, we're going to keep things uh, very simple. We're just going to try to follow uh, the text, and there are essentially just uh, two things here that we're going to be looking at based on this, this passage. So I want to be as clear uh, as, uh, as I can be here in this message, so that by the time we leave today, it's uh, entirely clear to you uh, what we have been talking about here today. I heard a, a message several years ago by a preacher that I really enjoy uh, named Alistair Begg. Some of you have heard that name before. I don't have his Scottish accent uh, and never will, but I heard uh, him say one time at a conference, he said, sometimes uh, preachers' sermons are a little bit like Christopher Columbus. When he set sail, he didn't know where he was going. When he got there, he didn't know where he was. And when he returned, he didn't know where he'd been. And uh, I always remembered that, and I wrote it down. But anyway, so I don't want to make that mistake. Uh, I want it to be entirely clear where we're going this morning uh, and that it's entirely clear where we've been uh, once we leave here today. And we're simply going to say this, along with the Apostle Paul, that Christ has been risen, but we first will want to entertain this what if. What if he hadn't been risen? What if he hadn't been raised from the dead? What are the implications of that? And then go on to look at the fact that he did rise again from the dead, and what are the implications for that? So what if he hadn't raised, been raised from the dead, and knowing that he has been raised from the dead, what are the implications for that? What is the significance of that? And that's really just our two parts here this morning with some subpoints. Well, first off, as we look at this passage and the part, the part that I read here, Paul wants to remind us of... The gospel, the gospel that he himself had received, verse 3, he'd received from Christ. Paul is saying, look, I didn't discover this, I didn't make this stuff up, I didn't invent this, it was the gospel that I received. In a gospel which he says he then preached to the Corinthians, verse 1. It is the gospel that saves, verse 2, or by which we are 